0: assalamu alaikum may the peace that only god can give be upon you welcome to radio islam i'm your host tariq Alamine, and you can keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on facebook twitter and instagram you'll find us at radio islam usa that's at radio islam usa use that same username to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at we're on apple Podcasts, google play soundcloud TuneIn, spotify and just about any other platform at Radio Islam USA, so subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, don't forget to share. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Recycle Processes, for their continued support. Thank you very much, and we also thank CLGC for their support as well, and congratulate them for their recent successful annual uh, dinner. I uh, heard it was a really uh, well-attended and uh, uplifting event. Uh, you can get more information about them at CLGC.org. And with that, family, uh, I'm just going to jump right in uh, to our conversation today. I am really happy to have a phenomenal mind joining us for this conversation uh, titled, Are We Expecting Too Much from Hip Hop? Now, before I tell you who she is, let me tell you a little little bit about her. Today's guest has written for The Root, The Washington Post, The Atlantic, Ebony Magazine, The Huffington Post, Religious Dispatches and Transmissions has appeared on Al Jazeera English. He's the author of Muslim Cool, Race, Religion and Hip Hop in the United States. This was published in uh, 2016 by NYU Press. And most of you, most of you. Radio Star family. You already know who it is, but I'm going to keep going. She also leads Sapelo Square, the first website dedicated to the comprehensive documentation and analysis of the Black U.S. American Muslim experience. In addition to all of that, this scholar, artist, activist, is an associate professor of American culture and Arab and Muslim American studies at the University of Michigan. We welcome back to the program Dr. Suad Abdul-Khabir. How are you? as Alaikum. alaykum. Wa
1: I am... Glad to be here. so thank you. Thank you for that glowing <laughs> introduction. Uh,
0: I can't be mad at that. Um, and um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Oh, am doing that. So um, I couldn't think of anybody better to start off this conversation to to ask this question. And this really is a question that is I, I am I am admittedly have to say I feel that I have stepped into the realm of the old person. Um, and as a person who feels like you know, I grew up with hip hop, uh, that it was an essential part of really of of, of my maturation, of of, of discovery, of uh, of of having conversations uh, that were important mm-hmm. to me as a young person. You know, coming of age, now looking mm-hmm. at the state of hip hop today, I feel like that old person who 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 listens to the young person's music and is like, that ain't music. <laughs> that, that that ain't music. What are y'all? What are y'all doing? Um, right, right, right. So, when you think about right as, as an artist, as someone who you know who whose scholarship uh, you know intimately looks into uh, the, the 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 relationship between hip hop and the African American community as well as the the, the Black Muslim community.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Are we? Uh, is there a bit of? You know, maybe a, a kind of a tunnel vision uh, for, for some of us older folks when we look at hip hop today, and 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 its relationship to to the youth, its its uh, its impact on on the direction of society. where, where, where do you see that? Right.
1: So I, when you were speaking, this dead press song came to mind. Like turn off the radio, right? <laughs> um, turn off that, you know. And um, because I think, I because think, I think there is. I mean, I'm sort of old now, too, right? Mm. <laughs> In the sense that, you know, I mean, like, you know. I grew up like you, like I grew up on hip hop, you know, my earliest memory. Yeah, but there is no musical genre, right? Hip hop, I don't live, I don't, I'm, I'm not from a world where there was no hip hop, right? Yeah. Like, and it was always there. I'm also from Brooklyn, right? So, mm. you know, and that's a big part of sort of my identity and identity is where I grew up, right? And, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's something that is near and dear to my heart and something that I feel like it is, you know, the soundtrack to my own life, right? And there are all these different moments, right? That I can mark because of, there was a particular song, right. That yeah. was, that was out all I was to at the time. Um, and I also, because of my age, right, I also, <laughs> grew up, you know, what we call the, gold, the golden age of hip hop, right, and right. people talk about the golden age, and I think sometimes we think about the golden age in a sense of like a, all the music was not only good, but conscious, and that's not actually true, right? Yeah. I think the thing about the golden age of hip hop is that there was a lot of variety that was easily accessible. So if you turned on the radio, right, you would have lots of different stuff that you have access to, right? And unlike today, if you were to turn the radio, you wouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, so I think sometimes because of that, because we lived through that, right? You can kind of, you know, look back the world with rose-colored glasses, right? Like I would like tell my students all the time, because my students ask this question, right? Mm-hmm. Students who weren't even born. Like I literally have a student. I'm teaching a hip-hop course, and we were, one of the songs that we used was first of the month, right? Mm-hmm. Um, by Bones and Harmony, which was came out. Um, I think it was like '98 or something. And mm-hmm. um, and I was like, and she's from Cleveland, so I was like, oh, is this song important to you? Well, she wasn't even born when the song came out, right? She mm-hmm. was born like after, right? So like, you know, so, so you know, that kind of thing. But so they're not even born, but they 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 ask the same thing, right? There's this kind of like sense that hip hop used to be something and now it's something else, and I think that's true and. And it's not, right? Because I like to always tell them, as if, you know, the first hip hop song, right, um, to sort of cross over or become a commercial success is Rapper's Delight. Right. And, you know, one of the famous lines is Hotel, Motel, Holiday Out of the end. Yep. See if your girl starts acting up, go and get her friends. But right. that's not exactly conscious. No. Right. Not, <laughs> that's
0: you know, some player stuff. That is not <laughs> very exactly, misogynistic.
1: Right? Like, that not, right. That's not like, you know, that's not the people's mantra, you know? So I think. Mm-hmm. And that's early, right? I mean, this is that the the music, of course you also had other songs at the same time, like for example, The Message, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I think the thing that I think is important for us to think about this, and I like this idea that I get from this one scholar, Stuart Hall, and he talks about black popular culture Mm -hmm. as being this place of like contradiction, because the thing about it is like the kinds of things people of African descent in the world, but also particularly in this part of the world produce, right? Always, you know, sort of. We were how do I say this? Like we we were brought to this part of the world as commodities, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a history of the sort of commodification of just about, of our person. but also of the things that we produce, right? And so there's always this kind of contradiction. This is true, you know, so we look at what Black people do from minstrelsy, right, Mm. in, like, the 19th century to today, like, that happens, right? And so what that means is that you're going to have stuff that comes out that is very much, like, representing, like, real experiences, and then you're going to have stuff that comes out that is a complete fabrication mm-hmm. right and stuff that's an embellishment right because the thing about hip-hop right it's like a lot of this stuff you know like people live you know the streets is real but everybody wasn't doing all that right You know mm-hmm. what I mean? and and but but in order to sell it right like what makes it profitable right yeah. well it's the embellishment and particular kinds of embellishments and so i think what we see isn't that hip-hop never had party music Music about drugs, as well as music about resistance, right, and politics. It always had that, but when hip hop hits the marketplace, right, like many black cultural productions, right, when it hits the marketplace, um, or African diasporic cultural productions, when it hits the marketplace, right, and the marketplace is run by white people, right, and and there's a sense of well, what are the things that are going to sell, right, and it, so particular pieces of that become what sells, and that's what you hear. So if you turn on the radio you know, this is what you're gonna get.
0: All right, as what they've been able to, to chop it down were, to.
1: Right, as opposed to what's actually available. Cause there's so much actually available. And I mean that in the sense of like, this is what people producing, but you know, what's gonna be on the billboard, you know, top 100 hip hop charts. It's not everything that's out there, right? Mm-hmm. But it is the stuff that people consider so sort of profitable, if that makes sense.
0: No, a- absolutely, absolutely. Um, I couldn't help but think about uh, a scene in Eight Mile, um mm-hmm. where Rabbit, Eminem's character, is battling um uh who's it in the uh, free world. And
1: like was
0: that Mackay well, yeah. anyway, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, yeah, For you know, his mm-hmm. guy was DJing, I guess. Yeah. But it was uh Doc was the name of the character, and I guess he's the leader or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, Eminem's rap is all built around deconstructing the persona that
2: mm-hmm.
0: the, you know his 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 rival has built up and he's saying he comes from a, mm-hmm. a, a from a two-parent household he went to a private school he has a great family mm-hmm. and all these other things oh, yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. that, that strip away this idea that right. whatever he right. has to say is worth listening to right? Mm. Because he's giving off, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's presenting himself as, you know, I'm from the streets. I done had it rough. I'm like, right. nah, you haven't. What about, but even if, hmm? but even
1: if you're from the street, like, yeah. sorry. No, no, go ahead. Cause I, this will quickly, just quickly, cause like I uh, something else that I remember I from in class is like, we talked about, um, I think 50 cent, right. And him being shot so many times. Right. And, look, and that's a real experience. Right. Yeah. But, the question of what part but there are lots of ways you can talk about that experience right mm-hmm. you can talk about the experience in terms of how it represents how hard you are how gangster you are right. or you can talk about it in terms of vulnerability right you can yeah. t- i mean there are plenty of ways to talk about that so it's not that people so sometimes yes people are friends mm-hmm. right and yeah. they're like and they're from somewhere, somewhere and it's all you know up front but sometimes it's, it is real what people have experienced but the question is the, the lens through which you share that experience, right, the parts of that experience you emphasize. 50 could have of, become,
0: you know I mean? like, 50 could have become a gospel artist, right? Right.
1: You know what I mean? Like, that could have been the way
0: because you lived through that. Thank right. God. You know? Right.
1: Like, you know,
0: so, yeah. Um, anyway, but, so. but when I'm thinking about uh hip hop today and I think about, mm-hmm. and I think back to like the civil rights movement, you know, in its, in its heyday mm-hmm. and how you had all these, Artists who were lending their voices, you know, to mm. to that experience, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and basically they formed a soundtrack. I mean, you think about like Nina Simone, Mississippi Got, I'm not gonna say it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. um,
1: right,
0: and 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 and, and in, in songs like that, what do we have today, right? And and I mean, we have a lot of stuff. Right. Well, uh, well, and that's, and that's what I'm depending on you to bring out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, get,
1: so I, mean, I think, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar, like the civil rights era. Right. But uh, I'm familiar with like the, the, this. I'm filled with what you're talking about. Right. In the yeah. sense that you definitely have people like Nina Simone or even like James Brown. And so sometimes it actually didn't start out necessarily as a particular kind of, you know, call to arms but then became that right you right. know this kind of thing right and so you definitely have a set of folks who are both like musicians right whose music spoke to the issues right um and and motivated people
2: right yeah.
1: um uh, both in the civil rights and, and black power with and i think i think in hip-hop i think we have we do have that as well i think we have you know of course in so for our generation right you know there were plenty of was you know, it's like the power was the oh, sort of yeah. iconic, right. You yeah. know, kind of song that spoke to that. And I think we saw that today. I mean, today in this generation of contemporarily, the most, the most, I think, um, the most, uh, well-known example of that was Kendrick Lamar's song. All right.
0: Yes. Right? Okay. Um, right.
1: with, you know, with, which, you know, came off this amazing album that he had. Right. And, you know, is quoting basically, uh, you know, like Alice Walker, or you know, like you know, in terms like you know, God, God, you know, like all of my life I had to fight, right. you know, right? And it's like, well, we're gonna be all right. And you know, famously, I think now, soon there's the first convening of, um, oh gosh, I'm the name. It was a convening of it was related to the Black Lives Matter movement, but that's not what it's called. But um, and moving for Black Lives was called. So they had their first convening of basically a whole bunch of you know, sort of black activists from a range of sort of experiences in Cleveland, Ohio, and there was this incident where the police were trying to hem somebody up, and the, the folks there, you know, they intervene, and when they resolve the situation, they start chanting, we gonna be all right, we mm-hmm. gonna be all right, like, which is what he says in his song, right? right? And so then his song becomes this thing that, you know, even I ended my book with that, right? Because yes. I remember, like, the song itself, but also, you know, I think... Um, like, and what the song is about, right? What he's saying, I think it really speaks to um, you know, kind of what people are experiencing. I mean, J. Cole has this song called Be Free. Um, you know, um uh there's so many I'm trying to think of other things. There's the J. Cole song um be be, be free. There was also Tom had put out this like L P called nobody's Smiling. The game has this thing called Don't Shoot. I mean I mean it's, it's like I mean uh, and I think, and I think J. Cole's song was about Mike Brown. I think it came out in response to sort of Mike Brown. And mm-hmm. of course, most recently, another recent piece was Childish Gambino's "This Is America."
0: Okay, that right? was dope. Yeah, and
1: then, and then also, of course, Tribe had their "We the People." Right. So, like, I think, and I'm just some of the people that are sort of more well known, I guess, I to say that I'm that I'm referencing here. But I think, you know, I think that, I guess, what I want to say is I get. The feeling, right? That you want, you want the music and the people who do it to kind of be at the front line. But the reality is, even so far as so they weren't the front line, right? Mm. Like, so they, 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 they the, the music they were producing either intentionally or because it it just resonated, right? Inspired, became anthems, but like they weren't leading the movement, right? Mm. And so. You know and so i think there's a way in which you know we are expecting too much right and we're putting um there's probably some larger kind of like anthropological sociological study here right <laughs> but about why we <laughs> expect you know artists and musicians right yeah to be the people who lead us to freedom you know not that you can't be an artist and mission to lead us freedom but what about all the other kinds of people <laughs> that are here right you know like you know who you know who you know, who also have skills and talents that can do things, right? You know what I mean? Like, so I think, so on some level, I do feel like it's a little bit like, you know, we have to um, measure our expectations because of the nature one of like what it is to create art in that process, mm-hmm. right? And what that takes. Um, and then also the nature of what we're dealing with because the reality is, you know, the kind of challenges that we're facing are similar, but also different mm-hmm. from what came before us. And really, require a multi-pronged, you know, multi, you yeah. know, sort of multi, multi everything approach, right? And so, if we're just waiting on someone to make the dope song that's gonna get us to the streets, you know, then we're gonna be, you know, waiting a long
0: time. Yeah, but has it? I mean, the the storyteller, the poet, the griot, mm-hmm. these people mm-hmm. have always been at the forefront of shaping uh, identity, right? Um, aspirations, you know, telling the story of where we come from as a people uh, and wherever that people may be. You know, they've mm-hmm. always had a very, a very important place. So when we think about hip hop, right, this this mm-hmm. this genre that is uh, very much, you know, is is keep it is, is storytelling. And, you know, and it is like I like I mentioned, you know, in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Those songs that I remember hearing at um, at 16 and 17, even though they were not mm-hmm. all when I when I look back, they were not all you know like uplifting, mm-hmm. you know, because it was also I remember mm-hmm. uh, uh, N.W.A. <laughs> you know at that time, mm-hmm. but I also remember mm-hmm. the balance of having a rock hymn, you know, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so isn't there. I just I just don't want to I'm not willing to to, to concede <laughs> just yet to say that but, but, but you know that you it's say what? that that they are that they cannot be a, not aware of the power and no
1: but that's and responsibility
0: what I'm saying. no 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 no, no I know I know what you're what, saying I know yeah, you're saying yeah, that there's a multi yeah. there's a multi-pronged uh approach right that that's needed we got to work on multiple tracks at the same time I'm saying that shouldn't there be a sense of responsibility with our artists and not necessarily that they have to just put out stuff that's Mm -hmm. conscious. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. just, but to be aware that that should be a part of, 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 of what they offer.
1: I mean, so I think, I mean, should there be, I mean, so personally, so I feel so personally, I would say, yes, um but not because they're artists but because they're
2: people
1: mm. um so i think that every person right who breathes in air right yeah. should feel a responsibility right to do something about the world that they live in like to make it better everybody has that responsibility yeah. so like so you know because you know like in art there's, there was this this kind of phrase like art for art's sake right and there's a lot of discussion on people of not feeling, particularly for artists of color, like Black artists, Indigenous artists, other artists, other artists of color. You know, feeling like everything you do, you can't just you can't just make a painting, right? It got to be a statement. And uh-huh. people feel like I just want to be doing a painting, right? And I mean, I get that, but I also feel like you know we live in the world, and nothing is apolitical. So even if you're making a painting, that's not a painting, that's not a statement. It's still a statement, a point right. right? Like nothing is outside of that. So I think, yes, I agree with you in the sense that, yes, because they're people, right, they should, you know, be thinking about, okay, what is the work that I'm doing? What are, just the same way you think about how is the work I'm doing going to feed my family and, like, how am I going to get this bag if I do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And you think about that in the strategy. Right. I think the same way, Right. You, you're, you have to be thinking about and like what's the impact that my work is going to have on people. And, the, and of course, and, and always knowing that you can't control that completely, right? Because stuff can be taken up in ways that you never even imagined, right? Mm. And so you're not respons- always responsible for what, all, all the stuff that happens because you try to do one thing and something else happens, right? But I do think there has to be a particular kind of awareness, right? Of that the fact that you're doing something, you're putting something in the world that's going to have an impact, and you should be thinking about what that impact is and what you want it to be. So I think on that level, yes. I think the issue with, and I don't even know if this is generational, I think the issue sometimes is about what our visions of that are, you know? Um, you know, like, I don't know if this is related. Yeah, fine, I'll just say it. So like, there's this Houston, <laughs> there's this Houston, um, um, like, MC rapper that was real big this year, Megan Thee Stallion, right? Yeah. And she was real big. Um, and she made a big, like, kind of mainstream sort of popular culture type of impact because of her "hot girl summer" like mantra. Uh-huh. And you know, a lot like you know, I, I I talked about her in my class too. And you know, women, young women students, in my class, they really like her, right? Uh-huh. Because they feel like they they see her model as something that's very empowering, right? Um, because she talks about sex and sexuality in the way that men do and she's not ashamed of it and you know and she and this is something that they think is important because we do live in a patriarchal society where women are supposed to be a certain kind of way and men you know this kind of thing right um, that doesn't resonate with me. And I'm best generation, right? Right. I don't think that's generational, right? I think that's, like, perspective or the kinds of things that you think, you know, should be, right, what people should do or shouldn't do. That's kind of thing. I think part of that has to do with my, my particular sense of, like, what is appropriate as a Muslim, you know, mm-hmm. um, and less to do with, like, you know, you know kind of like generation, right? Because I, I do see what they're saying, too. I just think there are other ways to do that right? That can be as sexually empowering because in different kind of ways for me personally, right? Yeah. The reason why I bring that up is because you know, sometimes people are doing stuff, they're responding to conditions, they're trying to make an impact, they're trying to make a contribution, but it might not be legible to you, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're coming from a different kind of space than you are, right? Or they have a different kind of vision of what that's supposed to look like than you do. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's it's not happening. It just might be something that doesn't make sense to you, right? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to recognize that too. Sometimes happens, right? That people are trying to make contributions, they are trying to sort of push things forward. But if it doesn't resonate with you, you may not recognize it. Mm-hmm. As um,
0: such, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, I, I definitely get it. But I feel like in that case, and I don't want to, I don't want to belabor the point, but I feel like right. the, the, the 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 female MC that presents mm-hmm. herself in that in that fashion, it's pretty much, I mean, we've seen it before. We saw Lil' Kim. We saw, you know, right. Foxy yeah. Brown. This
1: is their gen- but they don't know Kim, right? right? They don't know Kim. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. this is their, you know what I mean? So, it's, so in that way, it is generational. So she's not, so it's not necessarily, so what, but you know, patriarchy also is a new one. We still deal with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, so yeah, we've seen it before, but we still have the same problems, right? <laughs> so like, you know, so I think, yeah. Okay. You know, and and, and for this, but then that is generational in the sense that they don't know Kim, they don't know Foxy. Like that's not. They didn't grow up with that. So this is new, right? Party and and that this is new for them, right? This is their thing. And of course, and there are other women, mm-hmm. right, who like like Rhapsody, like you know, Yusef. You know, other ones who that's not. That's not there. They don't make like those kind of choices in terms of how they do, what their music is about. That are also there, right? Yeah. Um, and of course, I think it's you know. And of course, it's similar to the Fifty Cent example, right? You can't also deny why that particular form of female empowerment becomes more well known or more popular, right? Because of again, because of the ways in which we're accustomed to. You know, what are the messages and images that we're accustomed to seeing that we, you know, that kind of
0: thing. So, but aren't these all, know, what they do is just, yeah. I'm sorry, aren't these all um, basically responses as opposed to declarations? And, and by that, I mean, if patriarchy is the the system, the the, the framework, right, mm-hmm. that everything comes out mm-hmm. of, it's a response to patriarchy. Mm-hmm. It's not a declaration of a new paradigm, right? It, it does not give something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it doesn't really it doesn't push any boundaries in a way that takes us away from the existing system. It simply replaces, you know, m- misogyny with, what's the word for what? What's the opposite of misogyny? <laughs> I know, well, but there is isn't an opposite.
1: The opposite of misogyny is equity and equality. <laughs> No,
0: no. no. So I, <laughs> I think I think you passed the stop. I mean, there, there's got to be a point where we say that it's not good. It's not good when men do it. It's not good if women do it. Right? So, if oh she.
1: If <laughs> I'm she, just saying. You asked me what's Opposite of misogyny. I mean, I mean, so I mean, I hear what you're saying um, in that sense. um, I don't know if I fully agree mm-hmm. um, um, in so much as that. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't, I don't, because like, it's not a level playing field. Right. So therefore, Absolutely. it's not right. a one-to-one. Right. You know what I mean? So like, I know what you mean in the sense that like, yeah, hey, for me personally, like, I don't want to, I, I don't think men should be walking around talking sexually explicitly about You know, their exploits and I don't think women should be doing either, right? Like that like, you know, yeah, but Right, it's not a loving playing field. So I don't I don't so I don't think that it's just a matter of saying Well, like nobody does it and then everything will be okay, right? Because that's not uh, What's happening? And I think yeah, I think if you want people to have different and I think and I think For people to offer like completely sort of new ways of even thinking and imagining. I mean, that is one thing actually the artist is good for, right? Right. Right? The artist as like a part of society is one of the, one of the really less than leading us, less than, less than, you know, sort of organizing a rally, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like the artist like helps us imagine, right? What we even think could be possible right? and to think about that. Um, And I think, and I think, and that's hard to do and so imagination is important. And I think there are lots of artists um, who do that. I think you have to be fair though, recognizing the constraints around imagination because imagination don't really pay, mm. right? Yeah. And you know what I mean? And so there's, there are these very real constraints around what people can actually do. Not because, and that, I don't mean that as you can't do it, obviously, but like if you're trying to get a particular level of success, right, um, then it's attention right, that you're always kind of dealing with, you know, like, this is what I want to do, this is what, you know, the audiences want, right. you know, this is what the labels want, whatever, you know what I mean, and, like, how do I find that balance, how do I figure that out, you know, I was just at a show where I live now in Michigan, Talib Kweli came and did a show, which was excellent, it was it was really, really good, mm-hmm. but he went on um, this really important kind of, like, a little bit of sermon, I guess you would say, you yeah. know, and you know, and he was just talking about, you know, like contemporary issues. He was, he was like, he was talking about, you know, cause I think this was just after Kanye had done something and he recognized first, you know, Kanye, cause Kanye has been important to his life, yeah. you know, in terms of like working with him has enabled him, his family to eat and that's important. He's like, but his Kanye trying to be associated with Trump and what Trump stands for is wrong. Mm-hmm. And we're not here for that. You know that's not what hip hop is about. It's, not what it's about. And he's like, and there's a line in the fan, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, this is what this is, you know. And so I think, um you know, and but but is also right, a well-established artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's had, yeah, you know, he's a well-established artist. He has, you know, he has lots of knots on his belt. You know, I mean, nobody. You know what I mean? So like, and you know what I mean? So so he also has the particular because of his seniority, I guess you would say, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's also able to kind of maybe speak and do in doing ways that maybe younger people can or cannot, right, based on their position. So I don't know. So I think, I think yes, I want more from everybody. I want more from me. <laughs> I want us to kind of think about how we can use this music and this culture and push it forward. Um, this would help us really kind of get out of the stuff we're in and have new ways of thinking and living and being that actually are good for our spirits and our our whole Yeah wow. I want that too. Um, I think that you know, we should strive for that. And I think the way that we get that is really not even about asking this question. The way that we get that is by supporting the artists, right. Who are doing that who are trying to do that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like, I just found out and i just put this on. i put a game to the audiences. Right. I didn't know this. Like, cause you know, I got like, you know, whatever streaming service. Mm-hmm. And I was asking a friend of mine, this artist, like what's the best way? And he's like the best way is to go to shows. Like if you want to support artists and then second is like to actually buy like buy the stuff. And now it's weird, right? Cause you feel like oh, I could just stream it, <laughs> right. right? Then I was like, no, go to, and actually buy the album. But you can stream it too, but if you really want to support them, like sort of financially, you know, that kind of thing, I think, you know, it's by kind of going to shows, buying merchandise and also, you know, um, and this is Brother Ali I was talking about, I think people might know. He's okay, from Minnesota. Yeah. He actually just dropped, he just dropped the album, I think. I,
0: like, I, I just um, saw that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, you know, so I think that's the other thing, like as, as listeners as community members, the people who care, Mm -hmm. right, we also play a role in pushing the culture, you know? Um, And I think we can do that through our support, whether it's monetary support and other ways that we can support people to kind of, you know, get the kind of stuff we really want to hear and consume.
0: Okay. Um, I want to close out with one... Mm -hmm. Well, I'm putting two questions in one. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So uh, the, the first part of this question is about responsibility for sharing the musical history. Um, I think especially mm-hmm. with aspiring artists, um, you know, if that falls on, you know, who does that fall on? Does it fall on scholars like yourself? Uh, does it fall mm-hmm. on those, you know, those veteran, you know, those veteran artists like a uh, uh, Talib Kwali, Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then also within that is hip hop. Well, let's just, make it a make it a straight semicolon um is is hip-hop really bridging the gap between today's uh young people the, this this young generation and the purest of yesterday is it still serving as that as, as a bridge point right
1: so maybe I can answer that one first i think definitely you know it's funny too like it's been, it gets this whole age i guess i'm just you know what am i 41 right so um <laughs> And it's like, I'm grown now, right? I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm growing together, you know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) But it's funny, like, when I was in my class, I was asking my students, why are taking this class? And so many of the students are like, oh, you know, my parent used to listen to X, Y, or Z. Like, their parents introduced them to hip-hop. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, it's not like, you know what I'm saying? And so I feel like, yes, of course, right? Because... I mean, here's the thing about, you know, real heads know, right? Like, will you really get, if you're really a part of the culture, if you're really committed, uh-huh. like, and this kind of goes to, your, goes to your other question, like, that history, like, you know, like, you know, I always make a joke about, like, um, sort of like b-boying, but this is true about hip hop in general. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a Sufi Torika. You have to have a thing. You have to have an <laughs> uh, You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to, right? Like,
0: you
1: have to do that. <laughs> so, so you connected
0: like, is like... that... <laughs> Yes, go ahead, please. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, like there is there is a very, I think, strong emphasis for a variety of different reasons we don't have time to get into, but there's a very strong emphasis on tradition yeah. and connection. And knowing right, this is why someone like Iggy Azalea, right? Who now Ti is kind of like that was my bad, you know, whatever. Like you know, people are like like you know, it's like so she partially out on because she caught, she thought she kind of had it. It's sad, right because Ti put her on. Right, right. but she and couldn't, she stole she she, she stole
0: she straight stole uh, the brat's flow and right, right. Told, Anyway, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Is,
1: but, but but ultimately she couldn't show prove, right? Yes. Like she didn't have she couldn't she she didn't. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't respect the elders, Uh you know, she didn't do the kind of stuff that you, that you, that you just have to do because it's a culture and it's a community and it's a tradition. Right. And so I think, so I think, you know, there are definitely people for whom hip hop is just pop music. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for those folks, there probably aren't a lot, there may not be a ton of connections that are happening. Right. Mm -hmm. But for people who, you know, really are you know they, they're they interested in they care because like, you because you it's like digging in the case it's almost like a reflex right yeah. it's like oh what are they talking about you know what i mean so i think there's also that that kind of practice as a part of what it means to be a part of a hip-hop community or be connected in that way so yes i think that it does have that potential right mm-hmm. i think people are doing it in their families like literally right because parents are passing to their kids but i also think as people sort of Engage the music and the culture more in a really serious way. That also happens, right? Because you see how these things are connected. Um, I think in terms of sharing the history, you mean the history of hip hop history, or just in general? Just in just history.
0: in general, because some of the, the the students of of jazz were like the mm-hmm. the early hip hop, you know, pioneers. Right. Right. right? Yeah. Those those are the yeah. samples that they yeah. were going to, and blues, and right. you know. Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. And so I think, again, I think, so I think that, I mean, in an ideal world, right. And there are ways, like, so there's lots of hip hop media that will do this. I think like Questlove has a new something on one of these streaming things where he does something like that, or, you know, different, like interviews people have where they'll talk about, we talk to producers, if you, yeah, you know, you'll, you know, people will talk about kind of where the music came from, what's influenced them. Um, So I think that's there. Yeah. Um I think, that, um, but I think it is a challenge because it is music um, in the sense that people sometimes consume it passively, you know, sometimes, you know, so it's not necessarily the first thing of you know, someone's mind, like how is it connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that there is an imperative then, yes, for us to sort of try to help the connection. So like I try to do that when I teach or if I write about something you know, I'm not an MC, but I do want to be Jean Grey when I grow up. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I think, and also artists. So artists, I think, do this kind of maybe more naturally just because, you know, people share their product. You know, like when I talk about, like, my performance, you kind of tell people about, like, what are the kind of things that inspired your work, right? How did you you get that? Um, so I do think that that happens. But I do think I would agree in the sense that, I don't know if you, you're making an argument, but I do think. Probably there has to be some real intentionality about it. Like really trying to say, okay, look, you know, Hey, you like this song. You like this thing. Yeah. This is, you know, I'm drawing on this. So this is what it's connected to. Um, so people can see the connectedness because, and I'll, I'll say this to end that point, I guess, is that, you know, when people talk about hip hop and like, also like whatever it's like journalism, you know, that kind of thing yeah. It's always like, Oh, hip hop emerged like out of nothing. And it's like, no, that's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, It's like, it's like, no, like hip hop came, from people of African descent, people from the English-speaking Caribbean, the Spanish-speaking Caribbean, from the American, U.S. American, you know, South, right, who met in New York City, they and they came with traditions and music and cultures and language and ways, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and they drew on that to create what we now call hip hop, right? And so I think because of that, sort of the fact that that's how the music emerges, then that relationship to tradition and past and history, like, is one that. Um, is always there, um, but w- does have to be maintained because of the marketplace, right? Because the marketplace wants to make stuff simple.
0: Right, you know? right. You know what? Yeah. And I have to say, you know, as, as we wind down, that um, that description of the formation of of what became hip hop, I think is one of the most beautiful um, metaphors for e pluribus unum, right? Out of many, hmm. one right this and then of mm-hmm. course within mm-hmm. hip-hop there you know we got many different subgenres uh uh today oh, yeah. but just in its formation there's these this kind of a melting pot that came together to give us something that could then be kind of further distilled um you know uh today but i was going to say well two things first off my father May Allah uh, grant mm-hmm. him paradise. Uh, Forgive his sins. He is the one who introduced me to N.W.A. and Public Enemy, and Eric B. and Raquel. All right. It was <laughs> through my father, wow. right? Crazy enough, All right. Yeah. Um, You're right? And and yes, I I was making the um, I am intentionally making the argument that it has to be a deliberate effort that this history, the history of music in particular, the music uh, associated with uh, with the black culture. That it be taught, mm-hmm. because now we have artists that are sampling artists from the '90s, right? Who were mm-hmm. sampling the music from the '50s oh, yeah. and the like '60s. When, like when
1: Drake, when Drake sampled Lauren, everyone's like, "Oh, like, right." Like, "Oh," and people are like, I'm hello."
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So you you gotta be grounded because there's a danger for you know like the next generation after this one. Could you know? Could actually believe that the music is beginning with them, right? <laughs> they could be right. looking all it's over, not. you know, all the foundation. <laughs> so, right. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, it, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you being able to take the time to uh, to kick well, off this conversation uh, with us, and for uh, most importantly, for dropping isnad into a conversation on <laughs> hip hop. So f- for the for the uh, for our non-Muslim. <laughs> Uh, audience, it's not. We're talking about the chain, right? This is something that's. Uh, it's the like the 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 chain of delivery. I got this from so and so, who got it from so and so and so and so, and you know, and all the way back. Uh, so that, man. I, I guess that's why you're a scholar. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I that. Mean, I, I mean, just you know,
1: slam hip hop, you know. Right, like, right, right, you know, right.
0: <laughs> please, please remind folks where they can uh, find you and uh, Sapelo Square on social media if they want oh, to just yeah. keep up with you.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm on, uh, I guess, Twitter at Dr. Suad, a at U A D. I'm um, Instagram is Dr. Suad and then Sapelo Square mm-hmm. at Sapelo Square, both on um, Instagram and Twitter, also Facebook. Um, yeah, you can follow the work, um, SapeloSquad.com. And also, I have a website, DrSawad.com as well. You want to follow or keep up on events, the things that we're trying to do, trying to keep, you know, pushing the culture forward. That's what we're here
0: for. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. All right. Uh, Radio Islam family, we thank you all for joining us for another edition of the program. Remember to find us on social media at Radio Islam USA. Uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at, at Radio Islam USA. We keep it nice and easy for you. Uh, I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guest are theirs and are not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. With that, we leave you as we greeted you. As-salamu alaykum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.